You're listening to the Health Coach Careers Podcast, brought to you by Wellpreneur. Learn what it's really like to be a health coach in these interviews with real, successful health coaches. These interviews originally aired on the Wellpreneur Podcast, and they're hosted by me, Wellpreneur founder, Amanda Cook. I hope they give you inspiration and insight into planning your own health coaching career. Are you thinking about becoming a health coach? I know it's a big decision. I know I had a lot of questions, fears, and excitement when I took the leap to become a health coach while I was still working full-time. That's why I've created a free health coach decision kit to help you decide if it's the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit. Now this week, I'm back with another interview in the Real Health Coaches series. This week, I'm talking to health coach Heidi Simmons, who's a health coach in Maine. And I found my interview with Heidi really inspiring because she's just totally gone for it. And now Heidi has her own radio show and local TV show on the local network, which is just awesome. So this week, we're talking all about how to really go big and build yourself in terms of presence and media exposure and finding clients. And also, Heidi shares loads of book recommendations, which I know you all love, and I do too. But before we get into that, I just wanted to mention my free five-day blog challenge in case there's those of you listening who haven't taken it yet. So I put this, the five-day blogging challenge was something that I started a couple of years ago and people really liked it. I took it away for some crazy reason and so many people asked to have the blogging challenge back that I've brought it back and oh my gosh, is it popular. So if you're blogging and you feel like you don't know what to write about or you're not getting traction, give yourself five days to take my free challenge. And the goal of the challenge is really to fill your blog with content that your ideal clients will love and share. And in fact, I just got this email from Christina and Christina wrote, Hi, Amanda, I just wanted to thank you for the blog challenge. I was pretty happy with the first post I wrote through the challenge, but it didn't get the traffic I was hoping for. So I went on to number two post on the list I created during the challenge. And holy cow, this post brought me more traffic in one day than I've had on my blog in months combined. And it's received thousands of Facebook shares four exclamation points. (laughs) The challenge definitely helped me to really focus in on my writing and get a bunch of topics off my to-do list that didn't appeal to my ideal client. Thanks so much. By the way, I love the podcast, Christina. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christina. I'm absolutely thrilled to hear that the blog challenge worked for you. And for anybody else out there that feels like your blogging's a little bit stuck or a little bit stale, then you should definitely check it out. And you can take the challenge too. You can get that at wellpreneuronline.com slash challenge. And of course, I'll put that in the show notes of the episode, which you can get by just tapping the picture on your iPhone in the podcast app, and it will turn automatically to the show notes. Or you can get them on my website at wellpreneuronline.com slash 82. Okay, so now let's get some real health coach inspiration. This series has been so popular and I've heard good feedback both from health coaches and other wellness practitioners because it's just nice to hear real wellness entrepreneurs talking about what they actually do in their business day to day to market and get clients. So this interview is no exception. I think you're gonna love it just as much. So let's get into this interview with Heidi Simmons. Hi, Heidi. Welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So Heidi, we actually, I came across you from one of our previous guests, who's a mutual friend, Lisa Fraley. 
I love Lisa. She's <laughs> such a rock star. And so I reached out to Lisa. Lisa was actually interviewed on episode five way back in the beginning of 2014. And I'd reached out to her and asked if she knew any phenomenal health coaches that I should be speaking to. And she was like, oh, yes, I totally know who you should talk to. And that was you. So I'm really excited that you agreed to come on because you're up to lots of interesting things. But before we get into all the details, I'd love it if you just give everyone like a little glimpse into what your business looks like today. Like, what do you do? What's it look like? Well, thank you so much for asking. The name of my business is Nourish Yourself for Life. My name is Heidi Simons. I am an IIN graduate. I graduated in 2014 and have been building my practice slowly and organically and from a sort of grassroots perspective. And I have a radio show, which airs, uh, used to air once a week, but now I have a TV segment that I do, two TV segments that I do twice a month. So that's a really cool opportunity that I'm sure we'll be able to talk about later. But so I have my TV show and my radio show that I do. I see one-on-one clients. I do group programs with online resets. I do public speaking. I do workshops locally, all kinds of different fun stuff. I'm just sort of getting into finding ways to reach out to as many people as possible in as big a stages and platforms as I can in order to share my message of food is medicine and teaching women how to use food to look and feel amazing. Awesome. And you live in Maine, right? Portland, Maine. Yes. Cool. So I think this is interesting because one common thing I hear that comes up a lot with health coaches, especially as they're getting out of school is like, well, I can't do that where I am because I don't live in, you know, fill in the blank with a major city. Um, And Portland's a city, right? But it's not like New York. (laughs) Definitely not like New York. It's not like Boston. It is uh, pretty liberal in terms of, you know, people are all about health and wellness and feeling good. And there's yoga, a yoga studio on, on every corner, juice places. So there's, you know, lots of really cool opportunities for people who are seeking wellness information and and good information. But uh, it's true. You don't have to live in a big city to teach this information because everybody, no matter where you are, needs to be enlightened to how food is either one person's poison or another person's panacea. Totally. So take us back to, I guess it was 2014 when you finished IIN and you were just getting your business started. How did you go about finding your first clients and what were some of the first things you did to start to get traction? Well, during the, I worked at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and my circle coaching and all of that, it, it occurred to me that my target market, my ideal, really precision target market was moms of kids with disabilities. I teach therapeutic horseback riding. I have worked with kids in specialized foster treatment, foster care. I've worked a lot with kids nannying and babysitting for my whole life. And as I was going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, I thought I wanted to nourish those kids in a different capacity. But really what I learned is that I really wanted to nourish their moms because if I could nourish their moms, then I'm ultimately nourishing the kids. And I see these moms that are so tired and so worn out and so needing to put their own oxygen mask on first. And they do everything to serve their kids and they're not taking care of themselves. And so I really saw this big need. And so being a therapeutic riding instructor at Riding to the Top here in Wyndham, Maine, gave me a really cool opportunity to reach out to the parents that I saw that I wanted to nourish. And so I got a nanny gig 
that was going to sort of carry me at a little bit of income until I could officially start seeing clients. And that nanny gig ended early. I'm not really sure what the, to this day, I'm not really sure what the story was. But anyway, it was really a blessing in disguise because my husband said, okay, well, you've got the summer. So how can you just invest it in your business? What can you do to just put it into your business? So I started, I asked three women if they would be my clients in a test case and it was free. I did a six week program. I made it up as I went along and they were women that I knew pretty well. I'd been working with their kids and horses and my very, very first client uh, had just been diagnosed with MS and she was going to Boston. They were going to be putting her on all of these medications and she was very fearful because she has a very involved son who she needs to take care of and who is dependent on her for most of his primary functions in the, this world. And she got really scared. And I said, well, let's just see what we can do. And we started putting, she's already very healthy active exercising, but we tweaked her diet. We took out some foods. We added in lots of self-care and lots of anti-inflammatory foods. And in six weeks, she went back to the doctor and had another MRI and all of the lesions on her spine, with the exception of one little one at the top that was mostly healed, were completely gone. And the doctors were completely blown away. They were calling it a spontaneous healing. They had no idea. They didn't understand. And she felt amazing. And she didn't have to go on medications. They were stunned. They didn't know what to make of it. And she knew what had happened. And she tried to explain it. And they didn't really buy it. But she shared that story with more clients, with other her friends. And those then became clients. And word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. Oh, that's amazing. So I'm curious, when you were looking to take on these first women as clients, did you have, like, what kind of fears and doubts came up and how did you overcome those? Well, I had fears and doubts because it wasn't, if you remember at IIN, you go through six months and then you're officially allowed to see clients. And so I wasn't at that six months. I was probably six or eight weeks ahead of that. So I didn't feel comfortable charging. So I thought, well, I'll just do a little experiment. And, you know, even IIN says don't work for free. I just didn't have the confidence. But what that did for me by not charging, it gave me permission to stumble around. It gave me permission to feel my way. I'm a very kinesthetic person. I need to, I learn by doing, I learn by feeling. I have to feel and allow my gut to sort of lead the way and my hands to get in there and just sort of get my hands on it. And so by not charging, it freed up a lot of my confidence because I could just, well, I'm not charging for it. So if I screw it up, they can't blame me. And it allowed me to have freedom to just really step into being a health coach in the purest, coolest way. And when I found out that it worked and that it was so intuitive to me and that I could trust myself and I could see the process, I then built confidence. And then the next round of clients, I started charging. This really works. I helped a woman not go on meds for for MS. Mm -hmm. And then it just started. And I then started knowing my worth and seeing the value. And trusting myself, this work, trusting what we learned at IIN, trusting Joshua in this ripple effect, trusting that that my clients ultimately know what to do, that my role is to just hold space and hold them accountable. And you just build and build and build and you charge more and more and more. So what are you finding is working for you these days to get clients? What does your marketing and, and your client acquisition look like now? Well, it's really fun. What I love about being an entrepreneur is I get to make it up as I go along. So I do all kinds of different fun things. The best things that I'm doing right now is obviously my TV segments. I have two segments every other week on my local NBC affiliate here in Maine, Portland, Maine. 
and it has about a hundred thousand viewers. And so it's a really, really, really awesome opportunity. And and how that happens, lots of people say, How did you land a TV gig? You know, I learned growing up that a lot of it is not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. And so who I knew got me into the gig, but what I know made it a long-term standing gig. So a woman that my mom knows, she's a PR, a publicist person here in Portland, Angie Helton, and she's great. And she does some work with some chefs in the local area and some restaurants and the food and wine festival this year, Harvest on the Harbor. And so she's connected with a lot of the foodies in the community. And she did one of my online resets and loved it. She said, how can we get this out? What do you think? And I said, well, I'd love to be on 207, which is an evening magazine show. Mm-hmm. And she said, I think you need to be on the morning report. Let me make some calls. What would you do? Let's put together a pitch. So we wrote out a pitch and we did chocolate avocado pudding for my first segment. Um, and it was last December. And they loved it. And she said, sure, let's bring her on and, and see how it goes. And they asked me to come back. And then it was once a month. And then it became twice a month. And who knows where it'll go in the future. But having that opportunity to nourish 100,000 people twice a month for between four and six minutes is such an amazing, stressful blissful (laughs) experience. You know, I love to cook and I do fun segments and it's all of the stuff that, you know, I do with my clients, but it's on a scale that allows me to share it with even more people. And I, you know, you make sure that I have an opt-in. I make sure that I craft my message in a way that's clear and articulate. And I direct people to my website or to my Facebook page, Nourish Yourself for Life. I try to add an opt-in that will tie into the segments that I'm doing to drive more traffic to my website, to build my list, build my list. You know, the list is the gold. I do lots of expos and trade shows and those sorts of things. I had the opportunity to participate at the Try for a Cure Expo, which is a sprint triathlon I competed in about three weeks ago. That is for the Maine Cancer Foundation. And there's an expo the day before with all kinds of chiropractors and wellness entrepreneurs and people who are invested in health and nourishing athletes. And I had an opportunity to, at the last minute, to step in and take over somebody's table. And it was great. I got to nourish 1,300 athletes and their closest friends and family with some infused water and my cranberry elixir. And I made a gift basket and I used all of my tools with the hot towel scrub and coconut water and a jar of pure cranberry juice and some coconut oil and some doTERRA essential oil samples. And I made a basket of the tools that I use to nourish myself and the tools that I use to teach my clients and did a drawing. And people gave me their email addresses and I added, built my list by 300 names in four hours. Awesome. That's great. And I'm really, I want to kind of loop back to one of the things you said. So you said that when you're doing your TV segment every week, you change up your opt-in to have it relate to what you're talking about. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that's really a good tactic. Yeah, it's fun. It's a little bit more work. And sometimes I don't always get to it with all of my other client work and stuff. But for example, one week I did freezer pops and fun freezer things. So I did a recipe booklet for more fun ways to do fruit freezer pops, you know, different combinations and recipes for that. Or I did smoothies one week and I did a smoothie opt smoothie download with recipes of you know, 15 different smoothies that come from my online programs. And, you know, I bought, I started my business with done for you programs. Rachel Feldman has been a huge part of 
of what's helped me build my business and Mm -hmm. create a platform. And, you know, I tweak it and make it my own and sell it to my own tribe. But we've had Rachel on the podcast twice, actually. (laughs) Yes, she's been on my radio show. It's your time to shine a couple of times. She comes on each season as I do the program. So she's great. And so I use, you know, I take her recipes, I copy and paste them into a Word document, I make a PDF and I throw it up on my website. And so then I can drive traffic and say, here's some smoothie recipes. Mm -hmm. And it's directly you know, related to the content that I'm talking about on TV. And then they go in and they get more ideas and they get on my list. And then I get to talk to them one-on-one in my email. That's awesome. So tell me about this radio show that you have too. The radio show, it's part of what helped me really learn to step up and put myself out there. Uh, It's on the Amazing Women of Power radio network with Raven Blair Davis the talk show Maven, another woman locally, Bambi Thompson, who does some really cool work, introduced me to her and she was a mover and a shaker and doing great things. And, you know, I just learned that if you see somebody who's doing what you want to do, then you just do what they do and you keep saying yes. And so she said, you should have a radio show and this woman is great and she can help you get there. So I made a phone call and I said yes. And it was, that was last July. And uh, so that's been a little bit over a year. And it was painful. It was tough. It was like a birthing process. Those first few shows, you know, I would judge myself and criticize myself and I would lay on the floor and do yoga as my husband would edit them. And I'd be like, oh, well, that sounds stupid or that doesn't sound good. And, you know, I would just beat myself up as we all do. And then I would just keep breathing and I would keep doing my yoga. And then at the end, he'd put the heads and the tails on and the music and play it back. And it is this beautiful baby at the end, you know, getting clear on your message and getting clear. And all of those pieces were part of this radio course that I did in order to figure out, you know, you know how to do this in terms of figuring out how do you do these podcasts? How do you put your content in there in a way that optimizes your message? And that process really helped me figure out what I want to say and how I want to say it. It taught me how to craft my voice better. And I continue to learn every single week and the accountability of having a radio show every week. It's great for content for my website. It's a great way for me to talk directly to my tribe and to share the information that I want to share. And it helped me stand on my own two feet in a way that allowed me to feel more confident Mm -hmm. and project it on TV. So one thing that is really impressing me talking to you actually is that like, even when you first got started, you just went out and did this. Like you were like, I'm going to have a radio show and I'm going to go on TV. And I think like that is awesome because you didn't wait for somebody to give you permission and come ask you to do it. You just went and did it. You know, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Like they, there's all this self-doubt, like I don't know enough or I haven't been in business long enough or there's other people that do this that are better than me or I need to wait until, you know, fill in the blank criteria before I could go after something like that. What's the difference with your mindset? Like what is it that enables you to just get over that fear and go out and do it? You know, people say to me, how are you not fearful? How are you not afraid? How are you not scared? How is being on TV and talking to 100,000 people standing in front of that camera with your Vitamix not scary? And I said, I never said it wasn't scary. It's scary. You know, that quote, face the fear and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, I was raised by 
my parents that are go-getters and, you know, it was sprinting telephone poles and getting ready for preseason field hockey practice. And, you know, it's just that drive is in me. It was taught to me. It's what I know. The I worked in sales and I had plenty of conversations where I, you know, I used to work for the main tourism association selling millions of dollars of advertising and it was big deadlines and big goals. And I remember my first week I was calling and calling and calling and hadn't made any sales. And I called my mom who also is in sales and worked in tourism. And I'm like, mom, it's not working. And she said, the football player, the quarterback with the most amount of completed passes, just happens to be Tom Brady, go to England. You know, the person with the most, the quarterback with the most completed touchdown passes has the record for the most incomplete touchdown passes. So you got to get out there and just keep throwing the ball. And that's what is ingrained into me. I also know in my deepest parts of my heart and my gut, in my center, that this is what I was put on the planet to do. And I have accepted that. I have embraced that. And every single day when I get fearful or every single day when I see resistance or feel resistance or notice where resistance is popping up, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, amazing, amazing, amazing book. Mm -hmm. Get it, read it, practice it, use it as a Bible because resistance pops up and you can't let that get in the way of doing what I'm supposed to be doing on the planet. This is my purpose. And if I let fear and ego and all of those things that want us, you know, my book title is How I Stopped Being Fat, Sick, and Crazy. I used to be 265 pounds. I was type 2 diabetic, fat, sick, and crazy. And I don't want to be fat, sick, and crazy. And I want to help other people not go there as well. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, you have to continue to just stay the course and let God, universe, Buddha, whoever your higher power is, continue to guide you and allow you and just keep moving. That doesn't mean that there are days when I just go, nope, I, I can't and I need to rejuvenate. But I always have my eye on the prize. And I know that that my purpose is more important than my fear. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So if you were to go back and, and talk to yourself when you were, you know, still in IIN or just finishing up school, what advice would you give yourself? Is there something you wish you'd known or would have done differently? I don't know that I would do anything differently. Because I think that all of the things that we have done throughout our lives is what gets us to the place. You know, I was talking with Dr. Christian Northrup. She, I saw her as a 15-year-old and she gave me a really cool path. And I was like, mm, nah, I'd rather just take the pill and keep eating flour and sugar. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I went in a completely different path. And when I had the opportunity to speak with her, I was saying, you know, I wish I had listened back then. And she said, but no, no, don't. Because had you not, had you listened back then, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Mm -hmm. So those are important pieces that I try to just look at. But what would I tell my younger IIN self? Keep going. Don't stop connect, get really clear, get really clear, get really clear. The other piece is don't feel like you're ever behind. Mm -hmm. I went to B school. I attended, I had the blessings of being able to go through B school uh, with Kate Northrup and Mike Watts. And it was a transformational experience this spring. And one of the things that they kept beating into me, both Kate and Marie in their videos and the process was you are okay exactly where you are. Don't beat yourself up for being behind because we're all on this journey and we're all on a different path. And Don't compare yourself to others. That's so hard though, isn't it? Online. 
Yes. <laughs> but I completely agree with you. Yeah, no, you just, I'm a B-schooler too. And it's one of those things that, you know, you see all these people doing amazing things online. And then you, sometimes you can just get that feeling where you realize you're starting to just compare yourself and you just have to like cut it off, step away, just be where you are and, and get on with your own stuff. Cause looking at what everybody else is doing is really just a distraction from letting you create what you need to in the world. Amen. And Facebook is just a lens. Mm. It is one lens that we see people through. And one of my less, my other master teachers, Gabby Bernstein, I love her work. And one of the things that she really teaches is talking about, you know, not putting people on a pedestal. And, you know, other IIN people or people in my community will put me on a pedestal. And I, I gently and kindly and lovingly say, don't, I don't want to be on a pedestal. I don't want you to look up to me because if you put me up there, then I can fall. Mm. And I don't mm-hmm. want to fall. I just want to be me. And I just want to do what I do and I want to nourish. So look at somebody and see their light and reflect it back and don't make any assumptions based on what you see through one very small perspective of what they're doing in the world. Mm-hmm. So did just shift gears a little bit. I'm wondering, do you do anything with social media in your business? What role does that play, if any? I do Facebook right now. I love the person to person. I love the getting out there and doing workshops and doing more social networking in my community. But Facebook is a great tool. I am doing a branding course right now with Amber Lillystrom, which has been really fun to sort of take B-School and get dig into it a little bit more and get some more applications as I rebrand my website and get off my IIN platform. IIN, the IIN platform is great and it served me and it did exactly what it was designed to do. But now it's time for me to, to move on to my own. And so she's been really helpful with that. And I'm looking at Instagram and looking at building out and doing more with Twitter. And there's Periscope now and Blab. I mean, there's so many platforms out there to get the message out. Pinterest. And I think it's about finding where you're comfortable, finding, you know, specifically what does your tribe, where does your tribe hang out? What do you want to share with your tribe? How do you prefer to share with your tribe? Is it in pictures? Is it with words? What medium best suits you? And figuring that out and then figuring out all of the tools and tricks to streamline them and have them post to multiple platforms. And so I'm just starting to figure out how that all works and how to maximize the social media and online marketing capacity. And there's, you know, fun stuff. And Periscope is sort of my new binge food. I told my mm-hmm. husband because it's just, what it is? There's somebody, there's somebody periscoping and you know, and of course, it's great people saying great things and you want to just soak it all in. But Super it, addictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there needs to be some boundaries and limits around it because it can just, you know, like anything, it can it can take over. So you got to keep your eye on the prize and figure out what ultimately gives you the biggest bang for your buck and what helps you to convert those clients that you do your health histories with or that you meet and how do you then take them and share your message in a way that allows them to say, I, I want what she has and I'm willing to pay her $2,400 for a six month program to figure mm-hmm. out how to get it. I wonder if you can just kind of say a couple words around that, because one thing that comes up quite a bit with health coaches is that, um, and I hear this a lot, I think here in the UK, because maybe health coaching is slightly newer here, even than it is in the U.S., But people say, well, no one knows what a health coach is, so they don't want to hire me. 
And then my response is, well, then stop saying health coach. If no one knows what it is, you need to communicate it in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, I always like to ask health coaches, like, how do you do that? Like, how did you figure out in the beginning what it was that was actually resonating with people? So they got your value. That's a really great question. It changes as I grow and as my business grows and as my message gets more and more defined. A holistic health coach is what I choose to go by. Integrative nutrition health coach is something that I've played with. But ultimately, it's getting in front of people. It's sitting down and having a conversation with people. And it's listening. It's listening to what their needs are and then reflecting back to them how it is that you and your innate knowledge and it's coupled with your knowledge that you learned and your experience with other clients and through IIN and reflecting it back and sharing with them how it is that you can help guide them. Peer coaches, peer coaches, peer coaches. I have four peer coaches. I got Mm. two in the regular program and then I had two more in immersion. And I continue to have relationships. I continue to have coaching sessions with all four of my peer coaches. And that is huge and has been a huge piece of my success. I love my peer coaches, one, because they help keep me going. But two, they give me an opportunity to practice, 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 practice. And you're going to say it, try it on. It's like a new, if you're going shopping and you're looking for some new outfits for fall or back to school or whatever, you try stuff on. Some stuff works, some stuff doesn't, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't try it on. And even try on the outrageous outfit that you think would never work. Try it on anyway and see how it feels. You might be surprised. Mm -hmm. And just for people that didn't go to IIN, like the idea of a peer coach, can you just talk about what that is? A peer coach is somebody that is in the same place and doing the same work that you were doing and you trade back and forth. You talk every week. One, t- Sometimes it's her turn and sometimes it's your turn. And you just practice coaching. And they can be accountability partners. You just trade. And it's a great way to sort of build a board of directors, so to speak, and for your business. There's somebody that you can, that knows where you're at, that has been where you're going or has been where you've been. And you, it's a person, a sounding board, it's an accountability partner, it's somebody that you can call or text or Facebook message and say, I am totally stuck on this. I'm in a major writing block. I don't know what to do, or I can't stop eating protein bites or whatever the, whatever (laughs) your, your plight is at the moment. It's somebody that you have that you can reach out to much the same way that your clients reach out to you. And it gives you a chance to be not in the driver's seat, but in the passenger seat of the model in which you are trying to help people with. That's great. And I think that can apply to anybody. You don't just have to be a health coach. Anything Mm -hmm. that anything that you're doing in business to find a peer that's also doing a similar thing that you can actually help each other and who can get to know your business on a much deeper level than just, you know, in a superficial conversation with anybody. It's so valuable. It's kind of like a little mastermind group in a Mm -hmm. way, but just with Mm -hmm. two people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, you actually did mention a couple of books anyway, because you just, you mentioned the war of art, but I always love to ask for like tool recommendations, things you love to run your business or books that you'd love that you'd recommend to other wellpreneurs. Let's see. Tools. MailChimp, one of my favorite tools. Um, An autoresponder is very, very key to running a business. Um, whether it's MailChimp or AWeber or GetResponse or I mean, there are millions out there. MailChimp is who I use. It's a great tool. It's kind of scary. There are lots of virtual assistants that can help you with this piece of your business. So, you know, hiring out what you can and can't, you know, what the stuff that you don't like to do, the stuff where you get stuck that holds up your business, 
hire out a, a virtual assistant. You know, you can get them for as little as 30 or $50 an hour. You can do trades. One of my peer coaches is my virtual assistant. So it works out really well. And it just starts to help you sort of as you build your business, allows you to take some of the things off your plate. So mm-hmm. if you need help with that technical stuff, virtual assistants and those things are good tools. Self-care, 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 self-care. You can't do the work. You can't share what you don't have. So it's so important that you stay filled up with good nutrition and self-care and family time and time where you're not working. I think that entrepreneurs can get into a place where you work all the time. And the purpose of being an entrepreneur is freedom, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're not finding time to be free and to be that stay-at-home mom while you're making money, then it's all for naught. You're helping people, but you're burning yourself out and not living your dream. So stay connected to your vision. Stay connected to your dream. Vision boards, self-care, hot towel scrub every single day. It's still part of my routine. I still hold my clients accountable. It is such a good tool. Yoga, all of the stuff that we go into this business for is so important that we do ourselves. So there's some tips there. My books, I love the How to Live a Charmed Life by Victoria Moran. That's one of my faves. The Botany of Desire, Michael Pollan. Conversations with God, another really good one. The Alchemist, Warrior of the Light. Those are both by Paul Coelho. And of course, The War of Art with Stephen Pressfield for any of that resistance mm-hmm. and how to really craft that creativity that lives within all of us to put our message out there and to stand in a way that allows our light to shine is really grateful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Heidi. So let us know where people can find you if they'd like to learn more or get in touch with you to talk about what you do. NourishYourselfForLife.com. And I am in the middle of switching platforms, but my website is there for now. You can click on the It's Your Time to Shine media tab and check out my radio show. And you can also see my TV segments that are there and the blog posts that are associated with them. I do retreats. I'll be doing one in the fall, so you can sign up for there. There is my 10 Ways to Nourish Yourself and Feel Better Today, often up right now. That is a great way to just sort of get an overall sense of how I do what I do and the work that I do with my clients. That workshop was actually selected by IIN to be part of the workshop resources on the OEF. So you can download it there and feel free to schedule a free nourishment session with me to either work on how to deliver that workshop because that is in the OEF for you to do and present yourself if you want to do it. If you're looking for something new and different to do. If you aren't an IIN grad, then I'm happy to share ways in which you can have access to it in other ways. Or just give me a call to get a free 20-minute session to figure out how I can help you reach your optimal version of yourself. Awesome. Facebook, Nourish Yourself for Life on Facebook as well. Got it. (laughs) Cool. Thanks so much, Heidi. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Health Coach Careers Podcast. If you're thinking about becoming a health coach, don't forget to download my free Health Coach Decision Kit to help you decide if health coaching is the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit.